Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome back to Recall the Midwife. I'm Becky. I'm Alex. I'm Jen. Hello. Uh, just want to apologize to our thousands of listeners out there at the beginning of this episode. I have a little bit of some uh, coughing and congestion, so my voice is just going to sound like this. All oh, right, but I, a sexy husky voice. That, that's, Not that's husky. What gonna, that's what I'm going to tell myself that this is, you know, just a different incarnation. Um, okay. We begin the episode. Evangeline and Jenny are going, sister Evangeline and Jenny are going to deliver Shirley's baby. Shirley's previous pregnancy ended in a stillbirth and both she and her husband are anxious for a healthy baby to be born. Shirley delivers a healthy, happy daughter and, is, and all is well. Next, we meet Mrs. Margaret Jones, an expectant mother who has just moved to Poplar with her husband. She begins to feel unwell and suffer from headaches, and she goes to the maternity clinic in advance of her regular OBGYN, OBGYN appointment, but leaves before she is seen by anyone. Back at Nanana's house, Trixie, Cynthia, and Jenny are getting ready to go to a dance with Officer Noakes and Jimmy as a group of six. Chummy and Officer Noakes have been on another date, and this dance will be date number three. Jenny and Jimmy have been going out as well, and the girls tease her about a potential budding romance. While Trixie and Cynthia are riding to their next delivery, they are stopped by a man calling for help with his wife. Margaret Jones has just had what looks like a seizure in the car, and Cynthia advises Mr. Jones to take her straight to the hospital when she tells him she will follow. When she gets to the hospital, Cynthia finds out Margaret has lost her baby and that she had eclampsia, which she will not recover from. Shirley is at home cleaning when her husband comes in from work and asks where their daughter is. Shirley has left her in her pram just outside their front door, but she's gone. A search for the baby begins. 
Cynthia continues working with the Joneses and helps Mr. Jones as he struggles with letting his wife go. Once he is able to say goodbye to her, Margaret dies peacefully. Cynthia is deeply touched by their love story and shares her experience with Jenny. When Mr. Jones sends Cynthia a record of Margaret performing with the orchestra she was a violinist for, everyone at Nanata's house stops to listen. Meanwhile, Officer Noakes takes Jenny to investigate a lead on Shirley's missing baby, thinking that the newborn may be in need of medical care. Jenny discovers that the woman who took the baby is Mary, a teenage prostitute who had to give up her baby months earlier. Jenny cared for her during that time, and she convinces Mary to return the baby safely and advocates for a more lenient sentence for her for her crime, knowing how much she has suffered with her own loss. Sister Julianne and Sister Evangeline talk to Shirley and her husband, and though they are initially resistant, Shirley, understanding the pain and grief of losing a child at birth, offers to speak on Mary's behalf. So that's what the episode was about, and just a little warning for everyone. Um, you know, obviously some very sensitive topics were touched on there. We'll be expanding and discussing. So if anything is inappropriate for you this week, we'll see you in the next one. But girls, what did we think? This is, this episode has a lot going on. Firstly, Jen, that was the most thorough, um, it was. <laughs> synopsis. Like, literally. Also, can I just highlight how American you are by referring to an OBGYN appointment? <laughs> Because we just have Actually, to. Actually, I thought about that. What do you guys call it? We just go to the our GP, the general practitioner. I suppose there are gynecologists in hospital. Yeah, well, I don't know. Oh. It's not smear. It's not smear, though, is it? It was like a midwife appointment. Yeah, but if you were just well, yeah, if you were having a baby, which is obviously what this <coughs> podcast is all about, it would be a midwife. Yeah, but yeah. So well, well, I used to just go and see the midwife like every however oh, long oh, you have to do it. Oh, interesting. Then, interesting. Yeah. I mean, truly, like we could devote a whole episode between the difference of American versus British healthcare systems. And I mean, they are they are wild and fascinating differences. I, I put that in and I was like, well, I wonder if that's what 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 you guys would call it. Also, can I just say you did call Mary a prostitute again? And I'd just like to point out that she <laughs> is actually a sex worker via duress. So really, she's groomed. Anyway, yes, that's yes, by the bag. Yes, she was, yes, prostitute is not the correct term in reality for her, but yeah. Sorry. So which storyline should we talk about first? I think we should go like for one of the sadder ones to start so that there we can have like a mental relief later on when we talk about funner ones. Okay, okay. so who are we going with first? Either Shirley. I think let's go with Margaret James. I just oh. love this storyline. Oh, it's so sad. She was the most glamorous woman that's ever lived. Like, and then she moved to Poplar. You're like, whatever. I know, I know. <laughs> I yeah. just... I mean, you're normally the inverted snob. Um, yeah, Alex. Really. Yeah. But I just, I didn't warm to them. Really? Even after you no. found out about their love story, you didn't care about it? No, I was just like, she's, he's twice her age. That's inappropriate. <laughs> oh, I didn't, I didn't think it was twice. She was, was, Jen, she was double his fitness. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was the standout thing. But okay, can I just say, we've already said it, but let's put it on record again. Call the Midwife truly is a show about finding love no matter what, no matter anything. And like, truly, I, I don't know. I love their love story. Like when he says, oh, I'm really bad with women. And, you know, my friends took me to this concert and I like fell in love with her right away. But I was too, you know, like shy to ask her out. And then, you know, um, we ran into each other. He's, he was like a teacher as well, which I thought was so cute. And then we ran into each other later and she's like, well, what took you so long? And I just thought... 
you know and also i bet you she dated a lot of jerks too because maybe she just was like you know didn't really date a lot in them days did they it was kind of like you met someone and that was it you got married yeah you would say he's like we've only known each other a year i think is that right i think yeah yeah that's right yeah um I don't think I warmed to him as much because obviously I knew the backstory of him in real life and he is actually the husband now, but he was the boyfriend then of Jenny Lee in real life. <gasps> wait, wait, wait. Okay, at the time they made this episode, he and Jenny Lee were dating? Yeah. So did they meet on Call the Midwife or they were dating already? No, they met on in a play they did and he was married with teenage kids. <gasps> and like Gerald left, like Gerald and he left it <laughs> just like Gerald and he left um I but Gerald didn't leave his wife um but he left his wife and now to be fair they are married and they've got a kid and stuff you don't know any of the details behind it but I don't know it just it oh my gosh hint on him no. wow art imitates life because she's also out of his league too if you're gonna it go tint. by those two. I don't mean tint it tainted <laughs> it tainted him tainted him yeah well let's like Let's remember, yeah. though, that when this podcast hits the big time and obviously all the cast tune in, we don't want to alienate anybody. Mm, we've already said we don't like Jenny Lee. It's fine. <laughs> we like everyone. We love everyone else. Yeah. Well, I don't I don't dislike Jenny. And I no, I don't. Be. I was joking. I was joking. She'd be more than welcome to come here and defend herself. Okay. <laughs> so, so um, yeah, she was so glam. The yeah, one she was Margaret. So she was so beautiful, yeah. Also, can I say, they had quite, like, a cute... Um, you know, like romantic scene as well. Like when you kind of first meet them, they're like unpacking boxes and, you know, they're like smooching and everything. And I thought, oh, wow, this is a little bit different. Usually they don't show. I feel like the show, like, even though it deals with like all these things kind of around sexuality, it hardly ever shows people doing anything, you know, like not even really kissing or whatever. It's very tame that way. And so it was kind of Or if it does, it's like gritty. It's not like romantic. Yeah, it's like someone like throwing. Yeah, it's like someone like being really horrible about it. Um, a la Mary. I mean, to be honest, like she. Yeah. yeah. Oh, can I just say though, like I was really touched by Cynthia in the scene with Jenny, kind of towards the end of this part of the storyline where they were sitting there and she's when she's like really feeling very emotionally invested in this couple, and she talks and she's she says she believes in soulmates, and they kind of made her believe in soulmates. Do you guys believe in soulmates? I mean, okay, we just I'll had an argument about the dishwasher not being done, so <laughs> I don't know. Maybe you should have asked me before that. Um, maybe before I had a chat with someone, I did. I did feel bad for Cynthia in this episode because she says to Jenny that she was short with... Because Margaret Jones comes to the clinic mm. and then she speaks to Cynthia and then mm-hmm. she leaves quickly. Yeah. So Cynthia says she thought she was short with her I didn't think she was short with her at all I thought Margaret James was being a bit of a snob demanding yeah. to see a doctor also there I mean she was busy as heck the whole time I exactly. mean like and also there was that woman threatening her in yeah. the surgery like in the waiting room yeah yeah a daughter wanted to touch her but I'd be like <coughs> yeah. no get off me well <laughs> Cynthia I think <laughs> Cynthia is truly one of the most introspective characters on the show, definitely. But like in many, in many, I mean, like she, they write her as having so much thoughtfulness about what she does with reflection and everything. Which explains a lot in future. I know, I know, I know. Yeah, it's, yeah, it really, it really paves the way for it. But um, 
Well, look, no one asked me because I posed the question, but I'll just say this. I don't believe that there's only one person on earth that you can be happy with or that you can fall in love with or that you can find true love with. But I do believe that there are special people in your life and that special people you meet that are kind of exceptionally different than other people that you would connect with. And of course, you know, that can be a romantic partner, but here's maybe a controversial take. I also do think that soulmates can be um, not just romantic people in your life, but they can be friends. Um, They can be, you know, any, you know, family, you can, you can have a family member that's a soulmate. I, I, I do think that that, I mean, okay. I'm just going to say, I'm feeling very like woo woo today. I'm on a lot of cold <laughs> medicine and like, I'm really tired. I was going to ask you if you've taken any cold medicine. And it, yeah. I, I'm literally drinking it I, I, right now. I've already had some, I mean, I don't have to drive this afternoon. So I just thought like dose myself up and also it's like been really hot. So I think my brain is a bit bleached. So I, this isn't making a lot of sense. I apologize, but just to say, I feel very open-minded about the concept of soul. Yeah, I just think it's a bit like you get lucky if you like each other. And even then you put up with things just because you're like, oh, right, well, he's better than, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, she's better. Anyway, so, <laughs> Becky, do you want to ask answer if you believe in soulmates? Um, yeah, I think, well, I agree with what Jen said. I think there can be special people who aren't necessarily romantic relationships. Yeah. Well, as Sister Evangelina said, there is a sock for every old slipper. Ah, uh, <laughs> there we go. There we go. So actually, let's let's talk about um, the, like, that is such a good segue into kind of, quote, the more fun storyline, which is like all the girls' relationships and the dances and the dates and all that jazz. I have to say that, so um, there's kind of this, this thread kind of runs throughout the episode and um, there's a bit at the start where Jimmy rings Jenny mm-hmm. and everybody's in the hallway basically listening it. in on their conversation. And I was like, this is me. I yeah. would literally be around that corner listening yeah. to what was being said, shushing people if they were trying to talk to me so I could hear. Do you know Think when... How much but, also, lost. Go ahead, sorry. Oh, well, Sister Bernadette was there and that was a big thing because obviously, yeah. Yeah, like, she gets very into, like she's so excited when they're getting ready to go out and things which is also another clue for i'm i'm making kind of i think i think i think they're they're starting to allude to something with sister bernadette perhaps well yeah because obviously towards the end she takes a veil is it a veil what's it called the Um, wimple wimple well done well done Mm. merry mark Mm. um she takes a wimple off and then she's looking in the mirror like oh and she is beautiful and she's there with all the hair and you've never seen her hair before so it's actually quite a what's the word revealing revealing yeah but also like not a shock to the viewer but it was also like the first time the viewer had seen her hair and stuff as well so it was like a big big reveal and she was there looking in the mirror like, oh, I'm a normal girl. And like, they'd obviously gone to the dance and had a great time. And she was kind of wistfully just like stood there glancing yeah. up and gone. Yeah. Well, and I, and, and we don't find this out until later on. So I, I won't, I won't really spoil anything, but um, I think one thing that I had when I started watching the show was just kind of assuming um, that like all the nuns were nuns and, you know, like, you know, just kind of like they sprang forth that way. Um, but what I think Sister Bernadette's, very interesting about her is that I apologize I'm trying not to cough is that she 
you, you learn more about her history. And so this kind of questioning, you know, that she's starting to, that they're starting to allude to with these storylines is also going to come to bigger fruition, you know, because, um, you may have well, to it's also her age as well though isn't it because they're all young well, girls young. age and she's okay. got how, old how, how old is sister bernadette really supposed to be though i could i she looks either like 25 or 40 i cannot get a grip on it i'm guessing like early 30s okay oh, okay that makes sense but but that's aren't they all supposed to be fairly young yeah well Except wait, all, wait all, I mean, Julie, Sister Julian looks like she's in her 50s, definitely. Oh, yeah, no, but oh, yeah. Young girls, yeah, yeah. we're talking about the young midwives, like, obviously. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah, you've yeah. Got Cindy, it's like basically university age, I think like 21, 22, that kind of thing. Yeah, well, Jenny, well, Jenny says, you know, she's only like 22 when she starts, right? Or 23 or something? 21, was she? Oh, no, 20, bloody no, to be honest with you. Oh, anyway. She did say like, oh, I'm 19, <clears throat> like, oh, I'm 20 or something. Yeah, yeah, they all seem on the youngish side. Um, okay, but so then, but so then, Shami and Officer Noakes go on a date. I mean, they go. The thing that made me laugh in this episode too was when um, Trixie tries to teach uh, Shami how to behave at a restaurant as like a quote like sexy woman and everything. She's like, "Oh, scan the menu, and when you see something, pronounce it as if it's the most alluring words you've ever heard." I mean, that was a really, like, lol scene. And then when Shelby makes fun of her by going, fish and chips. I mean, it just, it really, that really had me going. Oh, but you know what really touched me? The scene where, um, so, like, Shelby and Peter are so pleased and excited to see each other, but, like, their proper, like, smile is so giddy. And I was like, yeah. oh. And yeah. then he moved the washing out the way for in, like, a really grim setting. <laughs> Those two have, like, found gold in, like, the grimmest of settings. And he moves the washing is out. Is that when he... He'd basically been hanging, he'd checked the rotor and then just been hanging around yeah. outside a block of flats for yeah. half an hour. Yeah. He just, and it was so cute because it's like something you really only do like when you have such a crush on somebody, you know, like, like it almost reminded me of like when you're in school and you have a crush on a boy and you're like, well, I know he has like this class right now. So I'm just going to like wait in the hallway and like pretend to be like here for a reason, just in the hopes that like when he comes out, like I'll get to see him even for like one second. I'm not gonna lie, Jen. I've never done that. Well, sadly, I have done that. I'm, just, <laughs> I'm not proud of it. I'm not proud of it. Okay. And when I say school, I mean this was like now, you know, a really long time ago. I, haven't, I didn't do it like last week or anything. This was like in my, my whatever. That's where you've just come from, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I still just go around high schools like waiting for cute boys to pop out of math class. Like Margaret Jones's husband, just there <laughs> waiting for young girls, young violinists. I have to say though, I thought Tri- Trixie's lesson in seduction, I just cringed the whole time. Yeah, I mean, I'm, oh my god. I'm yet to warm up to Trixie. I, I will get there. Well, yeah, but I think she's supposed to be quite abrasive at the moment, isn't she? Like, she's yeah. like, like yeah, oh, yeah. I know what I'm doing. I'm this girl around town, that kind of stuff. Also, just really quick on the Sister Bernadette thing. Yeah. The tell you what we actually were introduced to for the first time as well. The pianos of Sister Bernadette. So, you know, when she's at first, like, wistfully looking and look doing her hair and she's like, we're on a Zoom call right now, listeners, so I'm going to do an impression, but this actually will mean nothing to anyone else. 
because you can't see it. But basically, I'm doing this thing, pretending I'm taking my wimple off. So it's a very good acting. Honestly, you're missing out. Oh, it looks so, so realistic. But then they've got the pianos right. that is just the same. Whenever she thinks about, basically, I do, oh, am I doing the right thing in life? These new piano, two pianos start playing. Now I've told you about it. You've got to listen. Everyone, oh, when I'm going to listen out for it. Listen I literally never pianos. noticed that It's like that her theme. It's like her Ooh. theme. And they always play it when something bad happens towards the end as well with her life and stuff. Oh. But anything involving her, it's very much those that piano, those two pianos that play. Oh. Now that Alex has said about it, we'll probably just notice it all the time. Oh, yeah, you, you will. know what though? I didn't notice that. And I'm really glad you brought it up. And that just goes to show like how absolutely dedicated and like maniacally you've watched the show over the past bunch of years. But the other thing, you know how we talked about the klaxon at the beginning of um, yeah. the first episode? Here's another klaxon I think we need to have. The Horlicks klaxon. Or <laughs> Horlicks. Horlicks. Have a cup of Horlicks. If I swear to that show has bought stock in Horlicks. Like, it is truly an, uh, an unbelievable phenomenon on that show. Those girls literally live and die by the Horlicks drinking that they you have to drink do. some else as well. I'm sure they call it some else. Well, don't even get me started on the baby sham phase. We haven't gotten there, but there's a whole episode that's literally all about baby sham. And I- Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. We're going to have to talk about it, but I mean, we're not there yet. But the I whor- think it's the, whor- it's the horlicks to signify the fact that like they're on a night shift. Do you know what I mean? It's to... Yeah. Well, okay, but is what is Horlicks? I imagine it's like hot chocolate. Is that right? I think it's yeah, it's not nice. I think it's like a bedtime drink. <clears throat> it's yeah. like a malted bedtime drink, hot drink. Oh. I'm an Ovaltine. It was like Ovaltine. Okay, I know Ovaltine. Yeah. I know yeah. Ovaltine. Yeah, gotcha. Um, also, you know what else is really cute when they were at the dance and Professor Noakes, not Professor Noakes, Officer Noakes asked Chummy to dance and she was like, well, I really don't think that's a good idea because I'm a terrible dancer. And he's like, well, I am a terrible dancer either. So just like take a chance on me. And then what does she say? It's like the most nerdy comment, but it's so cute. It's like, it's like, well, don't write me up for, for public endangerment or something like that. And I just, oh my God. I like it. He's just like, I won't. And then they like go off and it's just... <laughs> I mean, oh my God, it's so flipping cute. I love him. I just love him. And Cynthia's there, like, just living living life. I just love it. I just love those Uh, scenes. They're so fun and lovely. Mm -hmm. I mean, even Jimmy and Jenny are cute in that scene, too. Like, he comes over with the beers and and they, uh, yeah, I don't know. Still got a soft spot for Jimmy. Sorry, sorry. I don't know what to say. It's that floppy blonde hair. Just gets me. Anyway. I've also I, watched him in Casualty, so I do have a soft spot for Jimmy. Yeah, yeah. He's just a cutie. I mean, I'm not saying it's like he's my type or whatever, but 
he's just cute. I mean, anyways. Okay. So now we got it. We got to devote some time to Shirley because this is actually a big lot going on here. Well, the first scene is like, obviously, um, the first scene is Jenny Lee getting woken up brutally and unsympathetically by sister yeah. of Valentina. Because obviously like, the, the midwives get up at like the 5 a.m. or something. For, yeah, it was it was like the verbal equivalent of like a cold bucket of water. Like yeah. thrown right on her head. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then they get to Shirley and basically it's, it's, it's kind of intimated that she'd had some issues mentally beforehand, hadn't it? Mm-hmm. And then it's like, oh, it's because uh, she's like, I ain't gonna be. It's not ain't gonna be born dead like last time, is it? Which is <laughs> awful accent. Do apologize. Which I thought was just quite that sounds as bad as what I would do. Abrupt of her to just, I don't know. I just it came across as like, I mean, obviously they've got to get across that that is the storyline. Listen, not all exposition is gonna be beautiful. Yeah, but oh, yeah, of course you would yeah. be, but you wouldn't be like, is it gonna be born dead? Yeah, I think you would be though. I would. I probably would. <laughs> I think I'd just be like, is the baby okay? Well, you've got better manners than well, me. I, I genuinely <laughs> thought my daughter had died and I shouted, is it dead? I didn't even know what it was. And I was like, is it dead? Is it dead? Have yeah. I killed it? Yeah. But I mean, it, it, like, I, I mean, it, clearly it was stated that way just so that the audience would know. I mean, that was definitely yeah, No, I genuinely do think I would say that. Okay, well. Um, the scene that killed me. So what basically she had a healthy baby and everything was good. Little baby Jillian, everything was great. They were all dead chuffed, but she was in loads of pain screaming. And the dad, obviously they'd been through hell and back losing a baby. Yeah. And then he, and obviously in, in, in Call the Midwife and especially in this time, not just in Call the Midwife, in this time, men did not go into the delivery room. And yeah. uh, obviously she was having it at home. And um, she literally like ran, he ran up the stairs to her and then he was and there. Burst in the room. Yeah, but the baby was fine. I just thought, oh, Bless him. Can I just yeah. tell you something as well? My granddad weighed ten pound ten a home birth, and she went on to have another eleven kids. <gasps> yeah. Well, I bet the other eleven just slid right out. I mean, after that one, like you know, <laughs> well, you basically yeah. got like a like a child's playground slide for you know. Sorry, that's your grandma. I didn't mean to say that about granddad, your grandma. Granddad, granddad. Yeah, no, it's oh, all granddad. Oh, okay. His mom was tiny as well. Anyway, that's by the by. Oh god. So anyway, also so this is this is a very like this is not important, but don't you think that Shirley's husband was really cute as well? Yeah, he was fit. I thought he was a lovely husband as well because I mean, normally like it's very much like the women are left to the children, but he was like yeah. dancing with the baby yeah. and just very. Yeah, he no. was he was really a cute husband. Like there are some as we've discussed, those those like husbands are a real mixed bag on the show, but he was he was really cute. Okay, he was so- a bit of a dirty dog though, because he was asking how soon he could resume marital relations. <laughs> yeah, but with his wife. So it's okay, it's moral. Hello. Um so anyway. You can be a disgusting sexual pervert as long as you are doing it with your spouse. That is what this And show it's is consenting. <laughs> Consensual, exactly. Okay, but now the other thing that I, I think took us all by storm, literally leaving your children in carriages outside of your home for hours or not hours, but like extended periods of time and just thinking that's going to be fine. Now, I mean, I, I cannot imagine like, okay, so I told, I told you guys this before we got on this, uh, started the pot recording, but um, the reason I have this cold is because I just visited my nephews and they're about nine, they're going to be 10 months old on the uh, anyway this week it, i don't know anyway it doesn't matter to our listeners when they're gonna be told. but point is they <laughs> so that i was taking care of them um they if i if i thought about leaving them alone unattended for even like one minute outside of like a protected safe area 
I like my brain would explode. Like I could never imagine just leaving them in just out and then just walking away and be like, oh, I'm just going to go like clean my house now. Like, I mean, it just, that just to me was one of the hugest like social conventions that I think has just changed over time that the show um, has. Yeah, there are babies everywhere, hallways, stairwells. Oh yeah. There's a in scene the in a later episode where like all the, all the women go into like the um, parish hall for something and they literally leave like 15 baby prams with babies in them just lined up like it was like a bike rack or something like that um but it used to be like that like I, I, I questioned that to my mom and she was like oh yeah like it was really yeah. normal yeah no one no one would think twice because no also one... everyone had loads of kids like my mom was uncommon unusual where she was from because she was one of three um and okay. was from an Irish Catholic family in Middlesbrough yeah. but like yeah. literally like all of her cousins had like nine brothers and sisters, all that kind of stuff. Like, and it was yeah. just really unusual to have like three. And it was only because my grandma kept having miscarriages. So like, that's why. Yeah. But like literally there was just prams everywhere, all down the street, the kids. And obviously you've got to remember there was no cars really. So kids were just yeah. playing on the street out the front. Like, mm-hmm. well, when you think about, you know, like close tight knit community, I mean, everybody did really know each other. Poplar illustrates that point all the time, but um, anyway, so that, so that was the vehicle for, um, Mary being able to take Shirley's baby and the ominous figure that just lurks in the background yeah yeah I I, I definitely did not have any premonition watching the episode that it was going to be a flashback to a character we'd already met before when it was I thought it was really great that they tied that together and everything but um I didn't know that was going to happen so Mary steals the baby there. Yeah. And there's a scene, so Officer Noakes is now investigating the kidnapped child. And there's yeah. a scene in it where he's basically stopping people in the street and he stops this man. It's like, excuse me, sir. And then this woman with a pram literally walks past them. And I'm like, hang on, why don't you check that baby? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I really need to inspect these shopping bags, but that baby carriage over there, nope, sail on by. Don't even worry oh. about it at all. I actually spent so this. It took so long for him to get promoted. <laughs> but I actually first saw this episode and the actual bit when they like obviously she's inside cleaning and he's like, Oh, where's the baby? And she's like, Is it she's he's outside in our babies? And he's like, and he's like, She's not, and she's like, What? <laughs> and then they like run out. And like I really thought it was really well acted, but like because it was properly like proper like terror, and they were like, Where's the baby? All screaming around as you would. But I uh-huh. actually watched this, um, I, as I said, I've said before, I only started watching Call the Midwife because basically I was going in therapy because I had a really bad birth and a really horrible time. And I was advised to start trying to like have some aversion therapy. So they were like either one born every minute or Call the Midwife and one born every minute. I still can't, it's brutal. So I thought, right, I'll go with something that's fictional. And oh my God, the first, I remember the first time I watched this, obviously I had a newborn daughter still, like she was a, she was a few months old by this point, but... <gasps> the emotions that evoked in me like oh, the, the, the daughter go missing like honestly I can't tell you like I had to turn it off and what it took me like five attempts to watch it have we talked about how much the show makes all of us cry all the time you talk I about every, every time I think it's just you Jen oh really oh I've every cried Jen episode. I've cried a lot Jen every episode Becky's dead oh, on the God. inside uh, uh, well, yeah yeah okay that, that track really cold yeah, no, but I, I swear, I mean, it's like every episode. Some I've literally started crying within the first two minutes of some of these episodes. I, I, I think I have cried once. I, I I have cried once or twice, but but yeah, not regular. Oh man, yeah, that this one was an emotional one. I will say, 
I can't remember what exactly made me start crying on this episode, but I mean, take your pick. Mine was definitely that bit when they were screaming. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah. it goes missing. And also, you've got to remember as well that Gillian's Jill, uh, mum, Shirley, she lost a baby last time and was basically catatonic because obviously yeah. it must have been so traumatic. I can't even yeah. imagine. Like, yeah. that's traumatic when I had a living child. I can't even imagine. Yeah. yeah I just don't In even fact- know don't they don't they even question her about her mental health history as part of the investigation yeah basically because if you remember in the in the waiting room someone she was like oh i could wring a neck because she kept me up all oh, night yeah. like a joke mm-hmm. and this horrible bitch on her road was just like told on her the one yeah, who exactly. basically chewed margaret jones out of the uh out of, out of the- yeah exactly they call they call her something really rude but i can't remember what they say they're like Stuck oh she's bitch. like yeah oh no but i'm saying they call that lady who who is is such a mean mother um they call their taller like i don't know i don't know sorry apologies apologies to everyone like my brain is not all the way here but anyway they well if you know it messages or emails yeah exactly (laughs) like audience help us out here what what rude epithet do they refer to this woman as um in the episode but anyways um so, but then we discover it's Mary. We figure out the Kathleen. Kathleen. Oh, Mary. Yeah. Well, no, Mary's the Mary's the um, for, sex her, worker, current slash former. Well, the groomed child, human yeah. trafficked um, person that Mary. The, Mary. the Kathleen is the baby that she lost in the previous yeah, episode. Kathleen. Kathleen. Yeah. You know, I thought yeah. was really brutal. So anyway, she kidnaps the baby, has yeah. it for two days, is trying to feed it milk. That's how she's caught out in it. Right. Like how yeah, she's having regular. to steal the milk. Yeah. Yeah. So she, and then she's sort of, there's also a really horrible scene where she, I don't know where the hell she's put the baby at this point, but she's trying to like get men to go with her because that's the only way she knows how to earn money. Make money. Yeah. yeah. Father Joe was correct. Um, anyway. She so literally when, puts the baby in a cardboard box with a lid on it. <laughs> that's what she does. I do remember that because because the baby's crying and then she just puts the lid on it and she's like, oh, I guess you'll go to sleep now. And it's like, honey, no, that's not how babies work. But anyway, so she, the baby wouldn't drink like, any of the milk, which is obvious. Like it wouldn't drink yeah, it. It's going to make and her She's like getting really annoyed with it. And then she's like getting really like, just drink the milk. Just drink the milk. And then it, the bottle smashes and, you know, Mary and yeah. uh, Peter walk in. And Mary's like, I know her. And starts no, Jenny, Jenny walks in. Oh, did I say Mary? Sorry, yeah. sorry for the thousands yeah. of listeners. Uh, yeah. Anyway, and uh, I'm tired. So anyway, <laughs> um, the th- she said this line that really annoyed me. I was a bit like, how dare you steal this baby and then say this about her? So yeah. she stole this baby and Jenny, there was this big thing about like, the um, the mom had knitted an outfit as well, hadn't they? The the grandma had knitted an outfit for this baby, yeah. so it had to be Gillian. So they knew it was her. Right, anyway, right. Jenny's like, oh, she's a bit floppy and she's going a bit blue in the lips. She's like, you need, you know, she really needs water soon, as soon as possible. She needs, and and Mary's like, I knew it wasn't uh, my Kathleen. My Kathleen's prettier. You're like, Mary, <laughs> you've stolen this lovely newborn kid and then you're saying it's not pretty enough for you yeah but i mean are we really going to be trusting the you know i mean mary mary's not really all the way there at this point so i think we can forgive her like a few off-color remarks about like the baby that she's stolen but if you're stealing a baby at least appreciate it (laughs) that's true she does not show little baby Jillian. jillian enough respect yeah. And that is another reason why she's not allowed to keep that baby. Mainly the reason is that it's not her baby, which is why she can't keep it. But also, 
and it's about to die under her care but yeah yeah exactly Um, I will say it was I didn't I didn't I thought it was interesting that Jenny said oh do you see how she's gone a bit floppy like it almost sounded like I don't know floppy just was a funny word to me that's not an interesting point but that's what they use over here medically still floppy still floppy yeah yeah Yeah. it's very British term what can I say but it's very descriptive It, it gets right to the point it does well, yeah, you Brits are nothing if not descriptive and get right to the point. People. <laughs> <laughs> right. Also, just on this, the last bit was when obviously Mary was really shaken. Not Mary. God, what is wrong with me today? Jenny Lee was really <laughs> shaken by obviously what had happened. And it had been a big day and stuff. And the whole thing yeah. is really traumatic episode, literally. Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously poor Cynthia was also very traumatized oh, by the whole totally. thing with Margaret and, uh, and, the, and the, is it David, the dad? The father, yeah, and I was literally lost the child as well. Jones the whole time, yeah, it was awful. So anyway, yeah. but but he then sent her um, Cynthia a record of um, Margaret's violin playing. Yes, so they li- they were listening to it lying down at the end. Now I I yeah. I lie down and listen to music. I it's my favorite thing to chill me out. I lie down. That is true. That is and I true. lie down on the floor. It's the best. Honestly, if you've never tried it, I recommend it. Lie down on the floor, listening to music is the best thing in the world. It's the most relaxing. I don't know what it is. It's about the earth or something. I don't know, but it's amazing. Yeah. And when I'm in a really bad mood, I listen to the heaviest music, but also I love listening to any music lying down. But they're there and it, oh, it just spoke to my soul. It made my soul sing. Well, it just goes to show, you know, listen, if it's a classic, it's a classic for a reason. Lying on the floor, listening to music is a classic. Never goes out of style. Yeah, true. True. Um, so... Oh, and then I'll like just very, very fast at the end. And I know I covered this in my synopsis, but the compassion for Mary and the advocacy on some leniency in her sentencing, I thought was actually a really, really wonderful Mm -hmm. touch because they didn't really have to. Yeah, they didn't really have to put that in there. But the other thing that I thought it really reinforced is kind of the, the strong female network and dynamics in the show because Jenny talks to sister julian about it and then her and sister evangel sister julian and sister evangeline go and talk to um shirley and her husband about it and the husband is like no get out of here i literally don't want to hear it i can't even think about it like you know leave before i say something rude and then sister evangeline as she's walking out she says shirley you know what it's like to have lost your baby like you don't have to do anything but i'm just saying like you know what this girl is going through and then they they walk out of the house and then she runs out and she says, tell me what I have to do to speak on her behalf. And I just thought, you know, just, yes, it, it was just, it was just so beautifully written. It was just, it was just it was. a true gem at the end of an episode. But one thing, a name's Sister Evangelina, and I'm not going to lie, it's been really annoying me. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what have I been saying? What have I been Sister saying? Evangeline. Oh, Evangelina. Sorry. we've all corrected each other a lot in this episode oh yeah well i mean that's just gonna i think we're all a bit tired (laughs) (laughs) anyway the the next the next time we record all of us have to be not ill not exhausted not like you know way more good luck i've got a five-year-old's birthday party on saturday so listen okay um heroes and zeros of the week rebecca first my hero is a shout out to Shirley and Rod Redmond's dog because it's no one's got pets in Call the Midwife, but they've got a little dog and he's the best behaved dog in the world. And when Ron is stood outside waiting for his wife to give birth, that dog is just sat on the step keeping him company. Oh, that is actually 
a very strange hit thing, but I like it. Carry on. <laughs> What's your zero, Bex? Um, I think just Margaret and David James in general. <laughs> she died and lost the baby, and he lost his wife and baby, and you've given them zeros. <laughs> this is like they got what they deserved. <laughs> Right, stone cold, stone cold. Right, Jen, your turn. Okay, um, hero is Chummy and Officer Noakes. Every single second of them is pure bliss. I love them so much. And my zero is, um, oh, zero sex trafficking. That's always a, good, a zero. That's a good zero to have. To I mean, it's so, a perennial, right? Like, I, I don't think you know, he's ever going to be a hero, so I agree. Yeah, because you know what? That's the system that created Mary's situation, and then that led to further crime and suffering. So, you know what? Just, I don't like it. I'm never going to like it. My hero is. I forgot her name, Cynthia. Oh my God, what's wrong with me today? Cynthia, I just thought she was lovely and patient and beautiful. My zero is Trixie. For having a go at Cynthia when she's obviously having a really troubled time, being like, I don't believe in so What do you mean you believe in so Are you stupid? You stupid little girl. Like, <laughs> she wasn't that bad, but you know what I mean? Yeah, she was yeah. too harsh. Yeah. Well, well, listen, a good episode, another, I think. Yeah, another, another one in the books, and this one was a big one. So, well done, you guys. And thank you very much for listening to Recall yes. Midwife. Please carry on re-watching and listening with us every week. And we'll see you next time. See you next time. Bye. 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 Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.